Welcome to the Get Over Divorce Podcast, where you will learn to get your power back, hold healthy boundaries, and become the confident, successful single woman you were meant to be. Divorce sucks, but the rest of your life doesn't have to. Let's create a life you love. I'm your host, relationship coach, Julie Danielson. Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today we are talking about dealing with difficult exes. Whether it's your ex-husband, ex-wife, ex-partner, whoever they may be. And one of the descriptive terms that comes to mind, and we hear it all the time, is narcissist. I hear it daily in my free Facebook group, Thriving Community, Women Supporting Women Through Divorce. I think a lot of times these women describe their ex as a narcissist. And honestly, I think a lot of people that are ending a relationship may show a lot of narcissistic behaviors. Those behaviors could be gaslighting, acting superior, manipulation, controlling, deflecting responsibility. And often these people blame their ex-spouse for everything that went wrong in the relationship, even if that person cheated, right? They're deflecting and blaming outside of themselves. They are trying to maintain a facade of their own perfection. So this is such a great topic and i think it's so interesting because there is no brain scan or blood test in order to really diagnose narcissism and there isn't a pill you can take to treat it but if you know someone who always has to be right and they display those behaviors that i mentioned as a regular part of their day-to-day personality then yeah they're probably a narcissist right So gaslighting is one of their favorite things to do in order to try to trigger you as and try and get a response out of you. And gaslighting sounds like this. Okay, this person, this person that you identify as being a narcissist, they may say something like, you're upset over nothing. You need help. You're overreacting. You must be confused. Why are you so defensive? You twisted things. I was just joking. You're imagining things. I never said that. Calm down. Why are you so dramatic? It's your fault, right? Gaslighting is what somebody does when you know something's true but they are twisting things and manipulating you into second-guessing yourself. So you may describe this as your ex making you feel like you are crazy, right? And there are no shortage of narcissists out there in the world. If you suspect your ex is a narcissist and they just act like that all the time, there is only one way to deal with that person, especially if you have to maintain a co-parenting relationship with this person. Otherwise, I would just say X them out of your life, right? 
You don't want to be around people that make you feel crazy. That is a toxic relationship. And we need, as humans, to have really strong boundaries in our life around people like that. Now, if you have to co-parent with this person and keep a relationship with this person, then there's only one strategy that I know of that works really, really well. And honestly, I did some research to try and find out who developed this, and it was like a blogger named Skylar or something like that. And it is absolutely brilliant. It is called Gray Rock. Now, when you think of a gray rock, you think of something boring. There's no personality. It's unflustered, unemotional, and basically there's nothing fun about it. You need to be the gray rock when it comes to dealing with a narcissistic person or even just dealing with somebody who's highly emotional or a drama queen and loves to be the shit stir in the family, right? because these people are trying to trigger you. So they want you to become the emotional one so that they can blame you. So you have to become the gray rock. You have to give really short answers and you have to ask very um, yes or no type of questions when you're dealing with these people. Don't elaborate, don't get into a chit-chat conversation, don't get defensive, most importantly. You need to be as plain and boring as humanly possible. Some of the best answers are, I don't know, or maybe, and just say that, right? Under no circumstances do you react. You must always remain calm no matter what. And the more deadpan you can be, the sooner this person is going to get bored and stop trying to trigger you. So if you need more information on this tactic, please Google, how do I gray rock? And you will have a flood of information there that will teach you exactly how to be super boring (laughs) to your antagonist. Okay, and yeah, I I totally know there's a lot of narcissists out there and what creates them is they were adults that were wounded as a child and they have not done the work to overcome whatever those wounds are. And I firmly believe that part of being an adult is taking an inventory of whatever our inner wounds are and getting the help you need to overcome them. This may be something that you work on continually for the rest of your life, but having that awareness around what your wounds are is so important because when you have awareness, it gives you power over those things. It gives you the ability to work on healing. It gives you power over being triggered. Now, narcissists are not doing the work to heal themselves. They will just continue to blame those around them for everything that goes wrong in their lives. And one thing that I really want to stress here is that you have another chance to get love right going forward. And I just spoke to one of my former clients today, just reconnecting, and she asked me, 
was that it? Was that my only chance at love one and done? And I'm like, hell no. You have an opportunity to do it right moving forward. Okay? And the way you do this is you identify what it is about you that makes you a target or makes you attractive to a narcissist. There are some people out there that are continually attracting narcissists one after another, right? And they, they allow that love bombing behavior and it feels like a high to them because often it feels like a high to repeat some of the mistakes of our past, right? We are creatures of habit. And when something feels familiar, it might feel good or we might mistake it for feeling good. So one of the things I want to describe to you is the type of person that are often a target to a narcissist. And if you identify as this description, you can choose to transform that energy. Some people tend to wear this as a badge of honor. And I don't want you to hate on me if I am describing you here. I want to help you look at things differently because the more power you will have over your thoughts and feelings when you can look at them differently. Okay, so if you describe yourself in this way, here it is, empath. If you label yourself as an empath, you may be a target for a narcissist. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with being empathic. I think it's a strength that we all can have as humans. But if you decide that you are an empath and you are deciding to label yourself as someone who gives their power away rather than standing firm in your own truth, then there may be some work to do there. I don't really like labels. I don't like for people to self-label them as one thing because I feel like it kind of pigeonholes you and you feel like you need to be a certain way if you've labeled yourself that way. Um, I feel like it makes us powerless to that label. Like I see a lot of women coming to me telling me I'm codependent. And I'm like, eh, you know, basically, yeah, you were in a long relationship and you depended on that person. Like what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that, right? But having awareness around why we are the way we are gives us power. And by self-labeling, I feel like it gives us an excuse to be disempowered. And I would just rather we use that as a tool to go to work and overcome it, right? So being empathic is obviously a positive quality as long as you are not using empathy to become a victim of that energy, hence calling yourself an empath and not having power over your empathy choices. And narcissists love people to cater to them. So they want people who will bend to their will, bend to their own wants and needs, and bend to helping them get everything they want and desire. Part of the work I do with women is to help them see their own wants, needs, and desires as being important, and that you as a human are responsible 
for getting your own wants, needs, and desires met for yourself. Being responsible for your own wants, needs, and desires is what being a grown-ass adult is all about. It is not about making sure everyone else is happy and putting everyone else's wants above ourselves. No one's out there handing out awards for being a martyr. And when it comes to picking a future partner, you have a chance to do this right this time. Learn how to break the patterns of your past that keep you stuck in these shitty relationships with somebody that isn't a healthy, happy fit for you. Learn how to have a good relationship that is deeply connected and loving and respectful. Learn what it is that you really want in life and then go after it. Your wants, needs, and desires are important and the right person is going to support your wants, needs, and desires with you. Okay, they're not gonna take care of them for you. They're going to support you on that journey. Once you've learned what it takes to truly have a healthy, mutually respectable relationship, make sure you do not settle for somebody who does not also want a healthy, respectable, mutual relationship. I see a lot of people get entwined in a relationship because someone else chose them. You get to be the chooser. You get to be choosy. And do not listen to any of your friends that tell you you are too picky. It is your job to come up with criteria that filters out all of the unwanted character traits and people that you don't want to date. You need to create that filter and being really good at dating means you are turning up the volume and filtering out all of those bad traits. And there's some really great dating methods out there. And there are ways to learn how to be good at dating. Make sure you are putting in your work, your due diligence in finding out how to do this. I see too many people diving into dating without bothering to learn anything about it. They spent more time researching their new car before they bought one than they did trying to research how to find a good mate. It is so important that we all self-reflect on ourselves and learn what went wrong in your past marriage so that you can put that information to work for you and do better next time. And that includes like seeing how you chose your last partner and doing better at that, being better at choosing. So I invite you to do this work with me as part of my Thriving Through Divorce program. I help women get over divorce, I help them thrive, and I also help them be date ready by the time they finish working, working with me. I have some amazing empowered dating modules and being an empowered woman out there in the dating world is the best way to make sure you get what it is that you want. So if you love my podcast, 
you are probably a great candidate for that program. And I invite you to book a breakthrough session with me personally to make sure that it is a perfect fit for you to move your life forward powerfully. One thing I know for sure about difficult relationships and narcissists is that that can be a story about your past. You absolutely have the power to prevent it from being a possibility for your future, okay? But definitely get help with that. I see too many people repeating those patterns of their past. The best way to disrupt those patterns is to get help with that. Okay, whatever way that may be, whether it's with me or with somebody else, I just highly, highly encourage it. Coaching is a powerful tool. All right. Thank you, everybody. That's it for today. And I look forward to next time. Bye.